Good Monday, everybody. Welcome back to Locked on Buckeyes. It was not your ordinary Sunday sports day in Columbus, Ohio. We are going to reflect a few minutes on an amazing trifecta of sports in Columbus with the crew season opener, the Buckeyes' huge basketball win against that team up north, and CBJ's incredible third-period comeback to stay right in the thick of the NHL playoff race. It was a tremendous day. We'll talk a little bit about all three. Of course, our focus today will be on the Ohio State win over Michigan and how the Buckeyes are rolling now. And Chris Holtman has his team playing really, really well. Can they keep it up? I'll tell you what I saw against Michigan that tells me I think that they can. More on that. Also, Ohio State playing with analytics. I'll tell you what Ryan Day has figured out that makes him think Ohio State can actually improve defensively because of scheme and because of execution. I'll give you some hints on that coming up later in Locked on Buckeyes podcast. We are your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Find and follow us on the platform of your choice, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Or you can simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye. Also, just for your information, if you are a business owner, you run a business, manage a business, especially based in Columbus or Ohio or anywhere in the Midwest or anywhere in the country, really, and you want to advertise and grow your business with us, become a Lock on Buckeye sponsor. Text advertising to 33777 or simply visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and we can get you more information to become a supporter and sponsor of the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. Coming up next, the big Sunday trifecta in Columbus and Ohio State basketball pulling out a big win. We'll discuss it. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to get to Buckeye basketball here in just a second. And in the next segment, we'll talk a little Ohio State football as well. But before we get knee deep into the muck here with Ohio State, man, what a great Sunday it was for the Columbus sports fan, right? You had the Columbus crew season opener getting three points against NYCFC. That was an interesting game. Three minutes in, boom, <laughs> New York City is is down a man and, and playing with 10 the rest of the game, and Columbus was finally able to take advantage. Look, I'm not a big crew fan. I watch them from a distance occasionally. I'll go to a few games a year, but that was really an impressive performance, and it's, it's tough to gauge how good they're going to be based on this, playing 11 on 10 for 87 minutes. But they did it. They looked really good. They get the three points, home opener. There's a lot of excitement with the crew this year with some of the offseason uh, transactions that they made. I, you know, They're going to be a factor or should be a factor in the MLS Cup race this year. It's good to see them starting off well. This is the last full season at Mopfrey Stadium for the crew. Midseason next year, of course, 
they move into the new downtown dig. So that's really exciting. Starting off the day right with the Columbus home sports trifecta. They get the W. The Buckeyes play a really exciting, entertaining game. We'll talk about that in a minute. And pulling out a, a big, important win over the team up north. And then probably the most exciting of the three when it looked so improbable, so unlikely, the Jackets getting down 3-1 to Vancouver, not playing well at all. And seven minutes to go in the game, they're still down 3-1 and wind up winning 5-3 with four goals in the last seven minutes of the game. And it just, it never fails with this CBJ. You think that they're done. Every time you think that they're looking like it's, it's, it's hopeless, they're going to fall off the edge of the earth. They're going to fall out of the playoff race. They find a way to get it done, despite by far having the most injuries in the NHL. Now over 400 games missed almost. They still are in a playoff spot as of today. There are 15 games left for the Jackets. Now, the caveat here is all the teams around them battling for the last few playoff spots also have 16, 17, 18 games remaining, have games in hand. So the Jackets, hey, it's an uphill climb, but they've gotten this far. 15 games left. They're in the playoff race. It's March. March with us, right? The Columbus Blue Jackets. I guess the, the slogan this year is out of our blue. But hey, they have come out of the blue because almost 400 games missed. It's March 1st, and they're almost in the playoffs. So a great day for the city of Columbus, for the sports fans. If you had done that trifecta, if you had done a parlay, a three-team parlay with the crew, the Jackets, and the Buckeyes, I, I, did, I did this math, and I didn't look at the exact odds, so... Give or take, there's some wiggle room here, but it would have paid out almost 10 to 1. So if you had dropped 100 on this parlay between the crew, uh, Buckeyes and Blue Jackets, you would have won about $1,000. So really great day for the city of Columbus, a great sports afternoon. I thought about going to all three games. I actually had a ticket already to the Blue Jackets. I had a ticket offered to the Buckeyes game. I thought about taking both of those and then also going to snatch up a, a ticket to the crew game. But I just decided it was going to be a really long day. I didn't have the energy for it. So instead, I stayed home, watched all three. It was spectacular. I have no regrets. No regrets whatsoever. Great day in Columbus, Ohio for the local sports teams. Now let's talk about that main one, the, the Buckeyes, what you're really here for, right? This is locked on Buckeyes. It's not locked on crew or locked on Blue Jackets. It's locked on Buckeyes. And I tell you what, the Buckeyes were locked in on Sunday. That was a really impressive performance. It had a little bit of everything, of course, not having Kyle Young, not having Alonzo Gaffney. They haven't been with DJ Carton for several weeks. They haven't had Musa Jallo all season long. They were down to seven rotation players playing on Sunday afternoon. Michigan made a run early in the first or in the second half when Ohio State had a had a half, had a halftime lead of three points, got it up to six quickly. Michigan goes on a, what was it, a 9-0 run after that and gets up four, I think. And then you're like, oh, great. You know, Ohio State was not playing well at that point. They kind of slipped defensively, made a few errors on the offensive side of the ball, quick shots, bad shots, a couple turnovers. And you're thinking, well, this this is not looking pretty. But I tell you what, Ohio State at that point really regrouped, played a flawless game down the stretch, the last 
five to ten minutes. They were just absolutely perfect. They smothered Michigan with defense, really took the Wolverines out of the game with flawless on-ball defense. They had a few snafus in the back, okay, rotational issues that caused easy layups and easy dunks and a couple open shots in the corner. But for the most part, Ohio State's on-ball defense was just spectacular this game. They really made Michigan uncomfortable. And this is the strength of this Ohio Ohio State team lately. Okay, teams that are offensively guided by their point guards, okay? We're talking about guys like Cowan for Maryland. We're talking about Simpson for Michigan. Uh, Coming up this week, a big one, Cassius Winston for Michigan State. Teams that thrive offensively because of point guard play, this is where Ohio State is going to thrive. And I, I, I this bodes well for the future in the NCAA tournament and beyond. Or I'm sorry, Big Ten tournament and beyond in the NCAA tournament. Because to me, when I'm watching Ohio State, everything they do defensively centers around making it difficult on the point guard, getting into the offense, getting dribble penetration. They're doing the high hedges, the switches. They're really trying to take everybody's point guard and leading score, especially perimeter score, out of the game. And they've been doing that a lot better recently. And this is a good trend for Ohio State because point guard-oriented teams, Ohio State is showing the ability, again, after the last several weeks of being iffy, or there at midseason, especially in January, the defense is starting to return for Ohio State. The confidence that they're having from the offensive side of the ball, because they're really lighting it up now offensively in stretches, it's carrying back over in the defense, and they're getting back connected on defense. And they really smothered Michigan defensively. I said it after the Nebraska game. Nebraska, they didn't shoot lights out, but they really put a number on Nebraska. I know it's not a great Nebraska team, but it was the worst loss Nebraska had all season long in the Big Ten at home. And that's because Ohio State just played basketball. They took Cam Mack out of the game for the most part, didn't let him get going. And the same thing happened. It's not that they shot really well from from outside. Now, in this game against Michigan, they did shoot really well, but they're a dangerous team, and that's what makes them dangerous. Some nights, you're not going to have it. But the reason you have to be really excited about Ohio State, they are playing a well-rounded game. They held Michigan to just four offensive rebounds, okay? They are rebounding the ball on both sides really well. Kyle Young not being in the lineup cuts down on their offensive rebounding just a little bit. But if they can get him back in the lineup before the Big Ten tournament and before the NCAA tournament, we know the offensive rebounding with him, Caleb Wesson, EJ Lydell, that will be there. They will get offensive rebounds. But they're keeping teams off of the offensive glass on the other side of the ball. They're making free throws. This is probably as big of a factor as anything else right now. In the last 10 games combined, Ohio State has made 137 out of 171 free throws. That's 80%. They are making free throws down the stretch. That is huge. They're not leaving points on the table. If they can continue to hit 80% the rest of the season, again, that bodes really well. The other thing, and this is the biggest of it, biggest thing of them all, we've talked so much about all season, about them taking care of the basketball. Against Michigan, they had just nine turnovers. That's the second time or third time in four games. They've had a turnover rate under 14%. 
Nine turnovers and 68 possessions, that's about 13%. If Ohio State continues to take care of the ball in these last quadrant of games, if you, if you break the season down into seven games, seven games, seven games, and then the last 18 games, or last eight games, I'm sorry, these last eight games, Ohio State's turnover rate is about 17%. That is the best of the four quadrants, which means they are finally taking care of the ball as well as they have all season. And that starts with C.J. Walker. I mentioned him last week. He is playing so terrific. I think he is in the zone right now for Ohio State. He is making perfect decisions with the basketball. He knows when to dribble drive. He knows when to pull up. He knows when to go to the rim. He knows when to shoot, when to pass, where to pass, where to put the ball. He is getting Ohio State into their offense, and it looks so much better than we saw about six to eight weeks ago. C.J. Walker is playing great basketball at the perfect time of the year. In his last 10 games individually, he's averaging over 10 points from the field, five assists per game almost, one turnover per game. He had 15 points, seven assists, and six rebounds against Michigan. The last 10 games, he's averaging just over one turnover per game while dishing out five assists a game, up almost five to one assist to turnover ratio. Walker is playing great basketball, and this is why I know people are still really, really hoping DJ Carton comes back this season, and he might. I, I, I don't know what his status is yet. He has not started practicing as we record this. Maybe it'll happen this week. Maybe it'll happen next week. I'm not ruling out his return but I honestly think we're a point for Ohio State. I'm not going to say it's better if he doesn't return because his scoring and his athletic ability and his ability to, to make plays for Ohio State could really pay dividends down the stretch and they could use him depth-wise. But I'm not sure that they actually need him to come back the way Walker is playing. And you got to give credit, too, to Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington, a month ago, I would have said, if you have to rely on him, to be the backup point guard for any stretch of time, it might not work out well for Ohio State. But right now, Dwayne Washington is, is making much better decisions with the basketball, and that's not mentioning how good he's been, of course, as a scorer. His confidence is back. He's hitting shots like crazy. That Dwayne Washington we saw early in the second half there for Ohio State that got them out of that quick deficit and right back into the lead and had the Schottenstein Center just absolutely rocking and everybody was going crazy, that Dwayne Washington is the type type of guy that can carry Ohio State, not just to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, not to the Elite Eight, but he's a guy that can carry them to a Final Four or even into the national championship game. I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm not predicting that, but I'm just saying this Ohio State team right now is starting to click. I've been saying for the last several weeks, and some of you don't agree with me on this, but their offensive efficiency has been good. Not stellar, not great, but good. It's been good enough. But Ohio State now is starting to take it to another level. This is the offense I know some of you have been clamoring to see. We're going from what has been a good, sufficient offense to a really good, potentially great offense down the stretch if they keep playing this well. They've got to be a little more consistent shooting the ball away from home. But the, the, the statistics, the numbers say they've been fine. Their offensive efficiency away from home has been one of the best in the country. They're up to, I think, number 13 in the country in offensive efficiency adjusted for competition. And even away from home, if you only look at games outside 
of their home court, they're still top 20 in offense. So they're getting it done regardless of where they're playing. Yes, it goes without saying they're playing better at home. They're shooting better at home. But that goes for almost every team in college basketball. So they're not really unique in that regard. But the Buckeyes looked like a legitimate Final Four type of contender. And the NCAA tournament is about matchups. It's about who's hot. It's about randomness. There's a lot of flukiness and luck to it. There are a lot of things that go into this. But the Buckeyes are playing great basketball now. They've won three in a row. The last three games, they have looked as good as they looked since probably November, early December. Those couple games there, North Carolina, Penn State, that was probably the best stretch of basketball we had seen from them previously. And now, the last three games, they kind of look like that. That looks like this team that we remember from early in the year. So, Don't count out the Buckeyes. I kept saying it wasn't time to panic. And I know some of you were sick of hearing it because I know what you were watching on television. I know what you saw when you had the Buckeye games on. And you were saying, well, Kyle, this doesn't look like the team you're telling us still exists. But I kept saying, just pay attention to the numbers, okay? There is some signs of life here. There's some signs of improvement. This will get better. That's what we're seeing now. Chris Holtman has his team playing really well. Down the stretch... They probably could use Kyle Young getting back healthy. Uh, it would be nice if, if Alonzo Gaffney is back in the rotation, or at least he was never really in the rotation, but it'd be nice if they have him for depth to to be able to contribute in certain matchups. And getting Carton back, as I said, I don't know that they need him back as far as the way that they're playing, but the depth is, is certainly a concern if you get a case where the guards get into foul trouble in an NCAA tournament game. Because remember, games will be called a little tighter in the NCAA tournament than they're being called in the Big Ten. If that happens, there might be a game where if C.J. Walker or Dwayne Washington get into foul trouble or both, they might need Carton to play. So I think there's still reason to have him back if he's ready. If he's not, hey, what they're doing right now is working. This Ohio State team is playing exciting basketball. They're going to be anywhere from a seven seed. If they win one game uh, this week, against Illinois and or Michigan State. They'll be anywhere from a seven seed in the Big Ten tournament to as potentially a five seed in the Big Ten tournament. They're in the NCAA tournament no matter what happens. They could play themselves into as high as a three seed. Right now, Bracketology has them roughly a four or five seed. As we look on Monday, what's going on around college basketball, I think they're in a good position for a four, a five, or a six depending on what happens the rest of the way. We'll talk more about that coming up this week. Next, Ohio State football doing a little bit of introspective. We'll tell you what that means. I saw an interesting message board discussion going on over at the Horseshoe Lounge at the premium message board for Buckeye Grove, the OhioStateRivals.com affiliate. Look, I'm not going to give too much away here because this is behind a paywall. So all I will say is if you want to hear more details, I strongly encourage you to go over to Buckeye Grove, sign up for a free trial, whatever the trial is. I I don't want to uh, over promise and under deliver or something, but whatever their their situation is, this is a great discussion. If you want to give it a month trial, uh, give it a test run because this alone, especially if you like analytics, this is a really interesting post over there. Uh, by Nevada Buck on the Horseshoe Lounge on Buckeye Grove. But I will tell you the premise, okay? Um, 
So again, please patronize Buckeye Grove for more details. But an interesting post made over there regarding Ohio State doing kind of a self-study. And I this really hits close to home because I love when programs and teams and franchises really use analytics and not just use analytics, but use analytics in a way that can improve your situation because that's what analytics do. Analytics don't win you the games, but they measure the games. They tell you what happened on the field. And if you look at them correctly, if you analyze them closely and look for trends and and, and weed out the noise, you can find ways to make those analytics improve what you do going forward. And if there is a, a anything I can say about Ryan Day as a coach, this proves he is a guy that's going to be successful because what he's doing is he's taking what has happened at Ohio State the last couple of years. He's analyzing it through new analytics. And, and, and the concept of these analytics is basically success rate. And what I will say is success rate, you know, you may have heard of it. It's, it's kind of the concept of look at it as being on track to graduate, okay? Ultimately, the goal is to graduate, but you want to be on track. After your freshman year, have so many credit hours. After your sophomore year, have so many credit hours. And as long as you do that, then a normal course load will get you to graduation. Well, down and distance is a little bit the same way. And success rate measures being on track to either gain another first down or to prevent the opposing offense from gaining a first down. In general, and there are a lot of different ways to measure this. Some people have different ways than others. But the, the most common way is being at least 40% towards the first down, 40 or 50% towards the first down after your first down play, being 70, 75% toward a first down after your second down play, and you want to be 100% after third down or after fourth down, obviously. Obviously, on fourth down, if you're going for it, <laughs> if you're not 100% to your first down, then you're turning the ball over. So it goes without saying you want to be 100%, especially after fourth down, but after third as well. And so success rate measures how much you're on track to getting a first down. Well, what Ohio State has done here is they've looked at their defense, they've looked at their offense as well, but they really looked at the defense and said, what is our success rate of holding teams under two and a half or three yards per play and keeping us on track to prevent a defense or prevent an offense from gaining a first down? And they're doing that, and they're what they're finding is that by not being too aggressive, by not chasing turnovers, by not chasing tackles for loss, by not blitzing too much or being super aggressive or changing up the looks a little bit too much, by not overthinking it and just staying in a base defense, rushing mostly for, mixing up looks a little bit, switching between zone and man, that is the recipe for success. So what they're finding is that like the turnover chain down at Miami. I'm here to tell you that it's been shown and proven over and over that teams from year to year have very little success trying to maintain high turnover rates, okay? Personnel in a specific season can create turnovers, but in general, when a team is really high one year enforcing turnovers, it's rare that they can replicate that for several seasons in a row. And that's because... There's just not a lot of talent 
that can actually force turnovers. Like forcing fumbles, that's random. You, you don't actually do that with sustained success. And Ohio State is finding that out. What I love about this, it's not a new concept, okay? Success rate has been around a while. The knowledge that you don't consistently force turnovers has been around a while. Ryan Day isn't necessarily ahead of the curve here by doing this, but this is a situation where he has the, the self-awareness and the foresight to look at themselves in the mirror and say, this is what we've been doing, and we've won a lot of games, but can we do it better? Can we improve our defense? Can we improve our success rate? And that's what I love about this. It, it's not so much that Ohio State is ahead of the curve, because as I said, there are programs already doing this sort of thing. Analytics have crept into college football for several years. It, they're not ahead of the curve, but it takes a lot of patience and discipline and awareness to be able to look yourself when you've been successful. Ohio State has been a su successful program. The coaches that want to make a difference for more than a couple of years, more than a decade, more than two decades, if they want to stay around a while in a game, in a sport that's always developing, always changing, they have to find ways to stay with the trend. And that's what Ryan Day is doing. He's not resting on his laurels. He's not saying, hey, we just won the Big Ten. We just made it to the college football playoff. What we're doing is working. We don't need to change. He's looking at the analytics and saying, we can actually do this better by doing it this way, by doing less of this and more of that. And that's what I love about this. Ryan Day is going to be a successful coach because he's able to sit back and gain perspective by using analytics to see what didn't work and what might work better. So Ohio State using a concept called success rate, and that's generally what this is. Again, go to Buckeye Grove, go over to Horseshoe Lounge. If you don't have a subscription, I encourage you to do so. You won't be unhappy you did. Alex Gleitman, Mark Gibbler giving great recruiting insight over there. Uh, just the whole staff. Kevin Noon does a great job as a publisher. You will not be unhappy if you do give it a shot, because there's plenty more content over there to read beyond this. But this is just one nugget that I would encourage you to go read. So Ohio State using success rate to find their defense can actually evolve into something different by being less aggressive. So that's an interesting nugget. We'll see how that plays out coming up next year for the Buckeyes. Buckeye Grove talking about success rate and how Ryan Day has re-examined the defense and what they might do going forward. That's going to do it for Locked on Buckeyes. Please be sure to tell a friend and family member, find and follow us on the platform of your choice. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye. We got a lot to talk about this week. Of course, spring practice kicking up for Ohio State football, Ohio State basketball. It is March, baby. March Madness is almost here. We're a little over a week away from the Big Ten Basketball Tournament and less than two weeks now from Selection Sunday and finding out where Ohio State will go in the NCAA Tournament. We'll talk about all of that coming up this week on Lockdown Buckeyes. Thanks for giving us a listen. We'll be back. Enjoy your Monday, everybody.